0: Hey guys, I'm Jonathan Hilliard from Connects Media and host of Atlanta Born & Brand. We understand that many of you are struggling, and we want to help the community of business owners that we have grown to know and love over the last two years. Right now, we're all in a season of uncertainty with the virus, and the small businesses in our community need your support more than ever. Today we're going to spotlight Jerry Chanel of Osleeper Manufacturing Company. It's been a while since our chat with Jerry back in December of 2018. Osleeper creates gorgeous pieces of custom furniture for homes and businesses. And they're still doing that this time with a little twist. Osleeper is now offering birdhouse kits for you and your family to complete together. You can order online at osleeper.com or if you're local you can pick up at Gainesville, Georgia. A percentage of each birdhouse will be going back to families in need who have lost their jobs during these uncertain times. If you purchase a birdhouse, use the hashtag COVIDKindness and hashtag Project and tag them on social media at osleeper underscore mfg underscore co. If you know of a small business in need of help at this time, please share their story with us. Use the hashtag liftatl2020. We are building a database of social media posts, graphics, and audio clips for you to download, share, and use how you see fit. We hope all of you will latch onto this cause and share the needs of those in our community. For more information, visit liftatl 2020com From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. From the steady mom-and-pop barbecue joint to the red-hot tech startups that are making huge waves, Atlanta is full of brands and small businesses that got their start and are thriving right here in the ATL. So naturally, I've been wondering, how did they get there? What tips and tricks or marketing strategies do they use to keep growing? But more importantly, we wanna get to know some of these founders and entrepreneurs. We wanna hear their stories and share it with the communities they call home. So that brings us here. Atlanta Born & Brand is a show all about those businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. And it's a show about their founders, their challenges and successes and how they built a brand that will last. Jerry Chanel is part of a growing community of makers in the region. He's the founder of O Sleeper Manufacturing Co., which creates beautiful pieces of custom furniture for homes and businesses. We caught up with him in a coffee shop in Gainesville, Georgia, and it wasn't long before we noticed a theme. The shop was filled with tables, barn doors, and wall art, all with the O Sleeper brand etched on it proudly but Jerry's business goes far beyond filling spaces with furniture. Sleeper's goal is to awaken impact. I own a custom furniture and
1: design company. We build out commercial spaces and we build custom furniture for residential spaces. Um, and we do our very best to uh, somehow make an impact by you know, giving a portion of our revenue, of our profits, um, to people who need it. So I grew up here in Georgia, um, here in Flowery Branch, actually. Um, my parents were house parents at a place called Eagle Ranch, uh, which is like a faith-based home for kids with dysfunctional families, and they kind of go through uh, a lot of trying to reunite families, and it was pretty cool. Um, but that was on a like 300 acre ranch you know wow. and so i grew up there uh <laughs> just the lucky kid that got free reign of you know 300 acres of running around building yeah. forts
0: and, and flowery branch was different back
1: in oh yeah it's like a
0: suburb you know yeah for sure
1: um and so like being there i got um the opportunity to meet some really cool people. Um, build some really cool things like as a kid, like just building forts yeah. all the time and I, like I remember meeting one guy who was this carpenter that would like make these cool little cross necklaces and I just remember think like being fascinated with that um, so I don't know, maybe kind of growing up in that setting, meeting people like that, that might have kind of planted a seed and um, wanting to wanting to to do stuff like that, yeah. that's probably probably down there. Right. Uh, but in high school, I started like just dipping my toe into uh, carpentry stuff. Like uh, I had no idea what I was doing. But when I was a junior in high school, I just randomly decided to build my mom an Adirondack chair for Christmas, and I just like found a cool picture of one and you know just went at it, it. yeah <laughs> somehow the yeah. thing is still standing <laughs> it's
0: crazy man like now you could probably pick up your phone and go to youtube and find like probably, detailed instructions yeah. on how to do that mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case for you I guess you just kind of you know look and you know yeah kind of go for it and see what happens
1: yeah I graduated in 05 from high school so that was 0304 I don't even know if YouTube was out then. I don't know. I think know. YouTube was like 07 Really? So, okay, yeah. so man, I'm old. <laughs> you and me both, brother. You and me both. Yeah.
0: You go to University of Georgia, mm-hmm. which go dogs. <laughs> what was the plan uh going to school? What were what was kind of the long term goal for what you were gonna do once you got out? honestly i didn't really have a
1: plan i actually didn't go to school after i graduated from high school so i took a year off um took a year off moved to argentina Uh, i was working with a ministry down there and i was like working on a cattle ranch i was butchering cows and it was just you know this crazy adventure for an 18 year old and i had kind of these plans that i was going to join the marines when i came back and Go to the reserves and then go to school and that just that didn't happen and, yeah. but I got accepted to Georgia somehow I don't really know how that happened but I did get <laughs> accepted um, and yeah when I started school I had I just I knew I wanted to do something that was like that I could be passionate about um, uh, you know I have this like kind of long backstory of like I said, growing up at Eagle Ranch, and then when I was in high school, my parents were uh, missionaries in Spain, so I got to live in Madrid for a couple years, doing some really cool stuff there. And I just knew that I wanted, like, I didn't want the cookie-cutter, like, 9 to 5, sure. you know. I just knew that I I did want to find something that was a little bit more, I don't know, unique for me. Um, and so in in college, I started on, like, I, was, I had started in high school that, like, kind of um, path down the woodworking journey you know and so in college I started uh, seeing people doing like uh, businesses missions type stuff and or or business that was like non-profit uh, to help people and then I started hearing a lot of people talking about what does it look like to have like triple bottom line businesses where it's like we are for-profit but we're also like really wanting to be involved in the community and helping people and all these things and I just thought man that would be so cool if I could do something like that Um, and then uh, this lady named Tammy and she's a, a missionary in India I remember vividly I was probably a junior in college and she came uh, back to the states from India she has this really cool um, it's not an orphanage like she adopts like all these kids that are wow. needing help And uh, anyway she came and she was talking to us and she said you know she was talking to this like small group and she said you know I can tell you what God's will for your life is and I was like wow that's a very bold statement do tell you know <laughs> yeah I'd <laughs> and, like to know that yeah place. right come Thanks. on please uh, yeah. open the book just uh, <laughs> reveal all and she said, you remember in middle school, I, I think it's probably algebra or geometry or something, where they introduced the Venn diagram, which yeah. is like two circles, and that's the formula. Whenever they overlap, that's uh, that's the answer, right, for right. the equation. Mm-hmm. And she said, God's will for your life is like that. It's like in one circle, you have the world's greatest need, and in the other circle, it's like your greatest talents and your greatest passions, and wherever those overlap, that's God's will for your life. Wow you know and like that was that was really eye opening for me because growing up my dad's a minister you know and so i kind of had this well maybe if i want to make an impact on this world the only way to do that is to be a pastor you be or a preacher. you know yeah. be a youth pastor be a preacher whatever and and i just i knew i wanted to make an impact on the world but i just didn't really see myself you know preaching or being a pastor, and so that was super cool for me to see, uh, to hear that like There's maybe path. it was a cool yeah. way that I can like make an impact on this world and like use some God-given talents to like
0: try to help people and try to do some pretty cool things. So, so you graduate, and then kind of where does life take you after that, and how mm-hmm. does it kind of circle you back around to yeah, to where you are today? Question.
1: So I, um, my, I, I met a girl in college, uh, we got married, uh, she was in nursing school, so she graduated, I still have a semester left. We stayed at, in Athens and worked with a campus ministry there. We stayed in Athens and worked with that ministry for a year, um, and then I got to meet a guy named Chris Carneal, um, who started a company called Boosterthon, um, and so I went and worked for Boosterthon um, after I graduated after that year of working for the campus ministry, we moved to Dallas, Texas um, just to kind of you know get out of town do our own thing and so we moved to Texas, lived there for three years and I worked for Chris uh, for their company, for his company um, and that was amazing it was awesome. It was a uh, it was a, a pretty unique job you know like just
0: got to learn a lot and for for those that don't know as well as I do, give give me uh, you know, 30 second background <laughs> on what Booster Thon is and does. Oh man. Yeah. That's
1: that's gonna be fun. <laughs> All right, so so Booster is a um, elementary school fundraising company yeah. that tries to do their best to like inject uh, like good core statements, <laughs> you know, to kids that are like, uh, tell the truth, be honest. Mm-hmm have characters stuff like that and use that in a way to raise money for schools and so it's just a lot of like high energy passion and yeah. jumping around with yep. you know elementary kids it's, it reminds it's fun. me
0: of like i don't know if you ever saw growing up like some of the shows that were on nickelodeon like uh, oh yeah oh the, yeah the nickelodeon guts oh yeah or, like uh, you know some of those that's cuz Having haven't known somebody that worked for Booster in the past like and seen him in action, high energy is definitely the way to put it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, when, yeah. When you're around I mean, those kids, like that's how you relate. Because I would, I would be nothing. lying
1: to you if I, if I told you that I hadn't been slimed a few times <laughs> in my Booster career. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yep, yep. Much so, like Nickelodeon. Exactly.
0: So you're working for Booster, mm-hmm. and then I guess at the end of that three years comes along.
1: Yeah. Yeah working for Booster um, you, you know in college I had kind of voiced to Megan my my girlfriend at the time now my wife we had like kind of all talked about like what man it'd be so cool to have like a woodworking business that was had the goal of being you know triple bottom line helping people being you know for profit um, trying to make an impact and so ever since then it was it was kind of always a goal of like somehow getting there so i remember like telling ben Ambule, you know my leader in texas and then uh you know david jones telling these guys like this is my goal this is what i want to do and then like corneal like them just kind of saying okay like well, this is what i've learned and then pouring out some really just wisdom you know yeah. and and like one thing that one thing that um Carniel said, I remember he was talking to everybody and he was just like, you know, um, I think it's the book Good to Great, I think. There's like this part where he talks about getting a host of mentors and he kind of challenged everybody to go out and get, you know, a business mentor that wasn't in Booster that could just kind of talk to you about what is it, your professional life. And I remember in Texas, I found a guy who had this crazy, unique, like, art furniture studio thing and I just asked him if he would mentor me and so I started like hanging out with him and he asked me if I would build some stuff for his studio so that was really cool and so then that kind of progressed into okay I want I knew I wanted to be done with like working with Booster and doing that thing but I didn't know if I wanted to jump straight into like starting my own business so um a guy approached me about starting up a remodel company a remodel division for his custom homes company in indiana mm. and so we moved there and that was a really cool experience um working with them it was uh, duke homes in indiana great people um we didn't it it wasn't it wasn't time they weren't ready to start it so we were only there for like a year and so we finished up there and um said you know what like Let's just do it. My wife, we had had a kid in, in Texas. Yeah. My wife was six months pregnant. And we were like, you know, throw caution to the wind. And <laughs> let's just move back to Gainesville and start a business. Yeah. Let's, it'll be fun. So we moved back to Gainesville, moved into my parents' basement. My wife Dang. was six months
0: pregnant. And uh, somehow we didn't think that was a bad idea. <laughs> Listen. If if you're hoping to portray that that was a bad idea, you're talking to the wrong guy because I had my second kid and then convinced my wife, listen, I want to move back to near my hometown and we're probably going to have to live with my parents for six months, you know, before we figure out how I'm going to make money. And
1: that's what we did. Well, did you stick to the six month timeline?
0: Yes. Well, see, that's good because
1: I didn't, we said, okay, it'll be like six to eight months two and a half years later, yeah. <laughs> we bought a house across the street from my parents. So you you survived. We survived. We survived. You know, my parents are awesome. So, yeah. we, you know, there were a few tensions here and there sure. but everybody's better for it
0: now from a financial standpoint you know sometimes I wish we would have stayed two and a half oh, years oh for sure, you know? for sure. <laughs> like, yeah Well, I'm, I'm here to tell you uh, aspiring entrepreneurs out there not paying rent is a beautiful thing it's it's you amazing know? I'm telling I you. should
1: probably give like half of the equity of my company to my <laughs> parents because that's how much they like <laughs> yeah are you know yeah. foundational in us getting
0: uh to this point you know yeah. Before we go on with today's episode, I want to take a minute to address the small business owners listening to the show. Here at Atlanta Born & Brand, we hope to bring great value to you over the course of our first season. And now, we're looking for a couple partners to help us do that. If you're interested in advertising your business or brand on this show, let us know. We're looking to build a team of great companies and ultimately create a network that props up all great Atlanta-run businesses. If you'd like more information, send us an email at info at atlborn.com. That's info at atlborn.com. Jerry and his wife had taken the entrepreneurial plunge. Now, back in Georgia, it was time to start building out the tenants of the business. He realized very quickly that for this to work, the business needed much more than him to survive. It was kind of this, this
1: dream for a while talking to a lot of people about this is what I want to do here's what I want to how I want to do it yada yada and just so I, I did an entrepreneur class at Georgia and I remember one guy saying that sometimes people who have these like ideas don't want to talk about them because they don't want people to steal their ideas and he I remember him saying I think that's the stupidest thing ever because the greatest thing you can do is have a lot of people want to help you a lot of people like get behind you And so I remember ever since that day, like just telling anybody who would listen, like, this is what I want to do. Um, And so I remember one day I was on a plane. um, I I was on a plane back from Jamaica um, and I was on a plane with a consultant named David Yeti uh, or Yetterberg, David Yetterberg. And he, uh, we we just started talking about it. It was one of those things I wanted to tell him what I was doing. And he was like, oh man, you know what? That sounds a lot like this, this thing in Atlanta called Layman Luther. I was like, what? That guy stole my idea, <laughs> you know? Oh man, and like immediately I remember having like the Lord speak to my heart and be like, wait a minute, Is, are you, the, you want like all this fame and everything because it's your idea or you just wanna do what I told you to do? And so immediately it was like kind of a gut check. Um, and so since that day when I decided it was time to start it I was like you know what like this really needs to be a team thing like I need to get a bunch of guys together that I believe in that I know believe in me and we can all do this together that way if this thing does become something that's like successful it's like yeah look what we did rather than look what I did you know and so I got a guy named Graham Williams to jump on Dan Duncan uh, Chase Andrews, uh, Drew Coffee. so we got this team together, uh, my brother, uh, Scott Chanel, so he, we we all kind of came together and said, okay, what does it look like for us to do this, um, which has been really cool, and I don't regret that at all, so.
0: So we're sitting here at Midland Coffee in Gainesville, Uh and I'm looking at the table we're sitting at, it says, O Sleeper Manufacturing Company, Yep. Uh, kind of um, branded into the, into the top of the table, tabletop. Yeah. Um, Oh sleeper. Mm-hmm. Was that something you knew from way back when that you wanted to use? Did it come to you and, you know, on a flight from some <laughs> faraway land? Yes. As um, many things seem to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Funny, honestly, man, like, so, you know, I grew up like in the ministry world mm-hmm. because of my parents. Um, And my my parents are awesome. They they really strive to be super authentic in what they do. And, like, unfortunately, a lot, especially when I was growing up, like, maybe it's getting better. But, unfortunately, a lot of the things that come out from, like, a faith-based background are just, like, super cheesy. And, like, you know, here's a Christian film. And it's like, man, I could have done better than that with, like, my freaking flip phone or something, you know. And it's just, like, awful. So what I didn't want was to, like, have something, like, that I was a part of be something that was, like, Fishers of Men Workshop. Yeah. Or, like, Felt fake. Salt of the Earth. Yeah. And if there's anybody out there listening to this, that, that's your, like, woodshop <laughs> name. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Fishers um, of Men Manufacturing Company. It definitely doesn't have the same ring oh, man, to it. Man, I really hope yeah. somebody out there doesn't have that and are, like, super pissed <laughs> off at me right now. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll Google it before <laughs> right, we right. You know, put it out there. <laughs> um, so I remember one day I was just like reading my Bible and just kind of studying some things. And, and I read Ephesians 5.14, which says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the grave, and the light of Christ will shine upon you. And I just remember being like, that's it. You know, like that is, that is what we want to do with this. Like if somehow we can take a for-profit company that we're passionate about, that we love, that we want to be in the community with, and we can actually use it as a way to, like, waken people up to, like, what I believe is the truth and, like, what we want to be, like, that we want to be impactful for our community where we live. If we can somehow do that, that's what we want. And O Sleeper just kind of seemed like something that wasn't super, like, Christianese, you know? (laughs) So. We get a lot of people that are like, what do you make, like mattresses or something? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it has its drawbacks. But
0: <laughs> With a team and a brand in place, it was time for the hard part, finding clients to grow the business. Even more difficult was the time and effort Jerry would have to spend to make sure the company succeeded. Like when I was in
1: Texas and in Indiana, I had random people call me and be, because I had like kind of put stuff out on like... Instagram. Sure. Um, you know, this is what I'm building, yada, yada. And I had built some stuff for uh, that guy in Texas that I was telling you about, you know, and, and put that on Instagram and social media. And um, so I had random people um, ask me to make stuff for them. And so I think I had kind of started putting out to the world, like, hey, I'm available for hire. If you want me to build something, just let me know. Yeah. And um, so when we started, there was already a couple things like kind of in the queue. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of wrote down a business plan and said, OK, we need to do X, Y, Z, and let's try to make it happen. And yeah. That's what you did. Hit the ground running. What were some of those
0: X, Y's, and Z's?
1: Let's see. We kind of had uh, some branding strategy talks. Um, we talked through, like, okay, I'm going to make, like, pennies. So, because I live in my parents' basement, I don't really have hardly any expenses right now. So, I think, thankfully, my wife is amazing, and she, like, allowed us to do this process. You know, yeah. she was super supportive. Yeah, It was really hard for her. Um, like, I think that's one thing that if I could communicate to any other entrepreneurs, it's like you need to be really careful like especially if you're married be super careful because it's it's challenging um and when you're like working 100 hours a week and making like 10 bucks it's like i mean there's a ton of sacrifices that go into that and you um some of them are not as in your face as you think they are like my wife was at home you know with a newborn and our toddler well, I was just cranking away,
0: you know? Right. And so um, that's a little tangent there, yeah. but. <laughs> and no, and I'm glad you said that because I think it's you know, a fair warning too, and I'm sure you're feeling some of this now, but I think as people are wanting to dive into entrepreneurship, especially as a husband who's supporting a wife and sometimes kids, it's easy to think, all right, six months a year, I'm gonna be working really hard. And then things will be established, and it'll be super it'll be chill. You yeah, know, I'll work in my nine to five. Will be there. It'll just be the doing the four what hour I'm, work week. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's not really how it works out. No, no. As a as an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, like you're kind of on the line, you know, from here forward. Yeah. Um. And, you know, it's it was a conversation that my wife and I had to have. I naively. Decided to start my own business with the goal of having better hours for my family. Mm -hmm. And yes, like I didn't have, okay, I have to be at work at night four times a week or on this many number of weekends. But it was a conversation my wife and I had to have like three or four months into the process of, all right, like this is new normal and we're going to have to get creative with like how we spend time, you know, both as a married couple and as a family to really maximize this. But it's like you said, if they're not bought in, like, mm-hmm. you probably need to figure out something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? so true. I yeah. mean,
1: my, my wife is so patient uh, because I did a really bad job at that, mm-hmm. like really bad. Um, and it's it's been three years, but there's still, like, yeah. three years later, there's still conversations of, hey, uh... So, haven't seen you in three weeks. (laughs) When do you think we can, you know, see you? So, I mean, having that conversation, and I I really wish I would have, like, even maybe I'm too stubborn that I wouldn't even listen, but I wish I would have had an entrepreneur be like, hey, look, man, your goal, like, everything you're thinking right now is super unrealistic. (laughs) Like, maybe you should step back and be a little bit more uh realistic about what yeah. you think is gonna happen. Prepared, you know? yeah, yeah, whatever,
0: yeah. Yeah. The core tenant of Awakened Impact is critical to O Sleeper's DNA. But it's not just through their work that Jerry is hoping to do that. The company is literally putting their money where their mouth is and giving a portion of their proceeds to people and charities in need. How do you decide um, what that is, where that portion that um, you know, is it something that kind of revolves? You kind of mm-hmm. always thinking about different causes and places that yeah. that might benefit?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so when I was in Argentina, um, some of my very best friends, Richard and Ashley Whitmore, they um, kind of after Argentina, they moved to Brazil to work with uh, and Colombia, Brazil right at the border to work with Amazon Indians. And so I got to go visit them and like help work with them. Um, and we just started thinking, like, man, what do, what do it look like yeah. for us to somehow, we call it flexing the muscle of commerce here in the States, you know, f- somehow use woodworking, business, profit, somehow use that to help down there. And so, right. like, right now we're working on a project that we are... Um, we're gonna partner with the people actually that do the coffee here at this coffee shop, Phoenix yeah. Coffee Roasters, um, where we're gonna sell like a Christmas item that's uh, a coffee pour-over station and it'll be like 100 bucks. Yeah. Um, and a portion of that will go to help with the children's home there in nice. uh, Colombia, and Brazil that's right good, now. Yeah. So that's really neat. just different things that people on our team are passionate about. We wanna like yeah. look into that, vet them, and see how we can help. Right. So yeah.
0: This is a, kind of a higher level, and it might be taking a step step back or two, but I'm wondering for you, what is it about woodworking or kind of that, that manufacturing process that kind of speaks to you that you enjoy the most? Um,
1: I think I just like, I, I, I really enjoy creating, you know? I mean... It's just fun to be able to think through, like, I mean, you can't do this with every piece, but a lot, it's like, how, how is my personality coming out in what I'm creating, you know? And um, something really cool happened the other day where somebody was like, hey, I saw this here. Did y'all do that? And I was like, yeah. So it was like this crazy cool moment of being like, somebody actually like looked at a piece of furniture and it was like reflective of me it had some some identity in it yeah Yeah. it was really cool and again you know sometimes you can't do that sometimes it's like hey can you build this like really traditional classical piece and it's like yeah we can do that it's not necessarily something I would put in my home but we'll do it you know Um, I just I like I like the I like being able to start a project design it and then like finish it and, and have the fulfillment of like Something physical that that came about because yeah. of like blood, sweat, and tears, you know.
0: In your business, I imagine you work an awful lot with kind of raw material. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm always fascinated fascinated by that because it's like for you, it seemed like that would be half the battle is just kind of choosing the ingredients mm-hmm. and kind of gathering that you know like perfect you know recipe for whatever mm-hmm. it is you want to build. Like, yeah. what's that process like for you kind of, you know, are you chopping down trees as much as you or, uh, are you doing other things? Are you, you know, sourcing Man, that from other places? We have. We yeah.
1: have. I, I wish we could do it more. Hmm. Um, it's a pretty costly endeavor to, hmm. like, actually harvest lumber out of a tree. Yeah. Um, just because it takes so much of your own time. Sure. And, but, um, like, material selection is pretty fun. Sometimes, so <clears throat> excuse me. Sometimes it's like, you know, you can't go with this exotic wood because it's just too expensive and it's out of the client's budget. But um, you know, I mean, we did like uh, <laughs> we did this awesome big uh, conference table for a lawyer in Atlanta that we did it um, out of Parota, which is this. Um, costa rican tree that's like the fastest growing hardwood tree but it was like we got this one piece of wood single piece it wasn't a glue up or anything single piece of wood that was 13 feet long by like plus or minus 50 inches wide wow you know it's just this gorgeous like reddish brown color and then there was this blonde hint going around the sides it was just super cool and so being able to do stuff with like fun stuff like that is cool yeah. we got a we got this opportunity um a tree came down in one of my really good friends yard in atlanta and it was this massive oak tree and they were like you know this is a super old tree and when the the arborist came to work on it or actually i don't think it came down they actually had to cut it down anyways the arborist was like this is this is it's called a sherman oak which it, it was here during the civil war and general <laughs> and sherman, sherman didn't burn walls. it down wow. and it's still here That's and so insane. we got the opportunity to harvest it yeah. and yeah. cut it into slabs and so wow. it's actually uh just about done drying and getting ready to use so we have the and they're like it's kind of same thing they're like 48 inches wide yeah. So we're gonna have to have to do some pretty cool stuff for that I was it's about to say, yeah, big plans kind of a historic one, sure. thing. Yeah, I love being here. Uh, I think Gainesville is like right at the cusp of just exploding. Like where where our shop is right now, um, it used to be just this rundown kind of ghetto area, and it, it's just really cool. Like things that people are starting to say. I mean, like. People are starting to, to build stuff there, and it's becoming this place where there's, like, a lot of things happening. And, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, we're just excited about it.
0: Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's mirroring what's happening, happening in the whole area and, like, down in Atlanta, too. Yeah, for of, sure. Like, these old city neighborhoods that people kind of abandoned and mm-hmm. left for dead almost mm-hmm. that, for whatever reason, in the last 10 years, people have just started deciding. You know, I think there's something to small businesses role and involvement in it too of saying exactly what you just said okay we're not a bunch of people that are out on our own for our own good you know feeding our own families worrying about our own bottom line like Mm -hmm. if that's the case your city dies you know your community goes away but if there's that feeling of okay as CEO of O Sleeper, I'm going to go and I'm going to support the coffee shop down the road as much as I can Mm -hmm. and that local business owner because he or she is the same as me, Mm -hmm. you know, and in doing that in in communities, it's cool to see neighborhoods kind of like completely flipping, you know, and turning Mm -hmm. into, in some cases, what they used to be and in some cases, building something in a place where Mm -hmm. it never really has been much of anything. It's cool to see kind of driving around Gainesville today I live in Buford, you start to see those little, like, little signs of that, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, little areas where people are walking and hanging out right. outside yeah, and, yeah, and doing stuff sure. like that. So, yeah. it's cool. It's cool to, to see that happening. But, um, okay, last kind of wrap-up thing, what what do you see in the future for O-Sleeper? Where, where do you hope this is 15, 20 years mm. down the road? Where do you want to take it? Um...
1: Man, honestly, I mean, we're really excited about a lot of things. Um, we are, we're growing like crazy. Um, and we're trying to say, you know, what does it look like to make sure that we're, we are like um, being proactive about the growth and not reactive? Uh, because the last thing I want to do is just kind of, become some mainstream, you know, run of the mill furniture company, um that doesn't have this like quality of impact and doesn't have this um this feel about it anymore that's like man we want to really impact people and help people that would be awful. <laughs> um like if we were a multi million dollar company and that happened, I would consider it a failure, you know? Um and so, man, 15 years, if, if we had, like, we're, we're really working towards creating, like, a line of furniture that we can create and, like, somehow figure out what it looks like to inject all of those qualities of, like, impact, excellence, really cool art, artistic design. If we can have all of that in that line of furniture, we would love that. That's something that we're trying to do. Um, we've, we've been really busy with, like, commercial work. We did... Uh, like a brewery in Virginia devil's backbone we got to do their headquarters we've got actually two or three big breweries uh, coming to Atlanta that were uh, kind of on the ground floor of like talking through what it would look like for us to build them out and do stuff like that there's a there's a sports bar here in on the square in Gainesville that we're gonna be doing uh, we're getting to work with uh, dress up uh, it's a really cool local boutique that's just yeah. exploded across the the southeast so I would say I mean in 15 years like I I hope that like maybe the commercial division of what we do is like a little bit more organized in how we do it but we're like we're just excited for what that can bring so uh and I would definitely say like I hope that in 15 years there is just a freaking massive like portfolio page of like you know here is a group of people in Africa, or this a group of people in, you know, Colombia, Mexico, or, you know, wherever. And, and this is how O Sleeper was involved in creating opportunities for um, community development and, like, helping people. Because the last thing I want is to just, like, say, okay, we're O Sleeper, we're here to change the world, let's do it, you know, follow me. Like, really what I want is to say, okay, if we can go to, like, if we can go to Colombia, to the Amazon jungle, and find, like, one guy. So we have this one guy named Ugo that we love, and he's just this, like, super creative guy. And if I can say, okay, Ugo, if we can, like, develop Ugo to where he is, like, passionate about awakening impact, you know, in his city, then it's, like, something that, that, that is, like locally grown right it's not like oh o sleeper came from america and you know did the american right. thing like i would rather it be something that can be developed from within you right. know so in 15 years if there's like all these stories of that happening man i'll be so pumped
0: this web of inspiration yeah really man kind of yeah yeah, drives yeah people to, yeah to that next step yeah yeah. so, so that's, really that's, a, cool. that's
1: a huge dream and i mean yeah <laughs> you know Entrepreneurship is feast or famine. So some days I'm like, man, we're doing it. It's going to be there. And some days I'm like, well, we're going to shut the doors tonight. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) So,
0: (laughs) yeah. Guess Guess what, honey? (laughs) I'm going back to the nine to fiver. (laughs) I think McDonald's is (laughs) higher. To learn more about Jerry Chanel and O Sleeper Manufacturing Co., visit their website, osleeper.com or follow them on social media at Sleeper underscore mfg underscore co. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connext Media. We're a full-service digital media production company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you're looking to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at connextatl.com. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATLBornBrand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. The first six episodes have been a ton of fun, and we will take a couple weeks off for the holidays before returning with more great Atlanta brands in 2019. For Atlanta Born & Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks for listening, and I'll see y'all soon.